Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. Dan Slade. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Wow, those are two very kind introductions, and I appreciate that. Hope we're able. No pressure now, Dan? Okay. So, well, good morning, everybody. It is really great to be here. You know, just the wonderful, beautiful drive from um, Kalamazoo down here through the, the, the rural area. I love it. I mean, we're, we live in a city, right, Toronto. And so to be out here in the, uh, the nice fresh air is, uh, is very refreshing. We have, way back in the day, probably 20 years ago, we used to uh, a couple of times come to Constantine, Michigan, we had we had friends there. They've moved since, uh, and so before we knew Cameron, and before we knew uh, New Day here, uh, we were uh, hanging around the Constantine area, and uh, and so that was that was fun. And so we kind of went through some memories uh, as we were driving down here as well. But uh, yeah, just as as Mark shared, uh, we have the wonderful privilege of being in the role of the international directors of Partners in Harvest which is the Association of Churches, which was birthed out of the Toronto Revival. And I know that you guys have probably been well taught about our values, the uh, F-I-R-E values, the, the, fire, the Father love of God, the uh, intimacy through hearing God's voice, uh, restoration of the heart, and then uh, equipping the saints with anointing. How I many you know we all need anointing? Arriba. And I love the idea that there's more anointing all the time. And uh, that's what I want to share with you, at least partially, uh, today. Uh, I, I get this is a, a great privilege to be able to enter into your series on, on, on the supernatural. Oh, this is... <laughs> well, let's see what happens. <laughs> Arriba! So, how many are members of this church? You're, you're ordinary, you're members of this church. Okay, great. How many are visitors here today? Raise your hand if you're visitors. Welcome to all of you. Okay. Let me just give a, a, a little brief background of our lives. And part of my message today is uh, going to be talking about our journey with God. That is referring to my journey and Gwen's journey. Our journey with the Lord out of principle into presence and out of the natural into the supernatural and i really want to say very clearly we are still very much on that journey and uh we 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 love what god is doing uh and we appreciate what he's given to us but uh we are still very much on this journey with you so all i do this morning is I, I'm, we're, I'm a fellow pilgrim with you on a journey into the things of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Arriba. So I, I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, I see that supernaturally someone has shrunk at the pulpit here. So what I'm going to do is bring the music stand. <laughs> I, 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 I got to admit, I... 
And I really enjoyed the worship, and I was focusing on Jesus for 98% of the time during the worship. But the 2%, I was looking at the pulpit thinking, that is the smallest pulpit I've ever, I've ever seen in any church. I mean, I'm in a lot of churches, folks. Trust me. <laughs> I am in a different church every Sunday. That's my job. You know, I love it. But, man, like... I don't even know if my my Bible. Yeah, it will fit. Okay, just okay. Lord, supernaturally hold that together. It's, it's going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. Sharaba. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, our Savior in heaven, who has poured out the Holy Spirit upon us. Lord, I am asking you today that you would fill my mouth as I share your words. And I'm praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God so that our, uh, in the hope of our calling and the understanding of our inheritance in you would increase. And that can only happen by revelation. Lord, we thank you that you've given us minds and brains, but we also thank you that you've given us hearts. And you told us that our hearts have eyes, our hearts have understanding. And today I pray that you'd open the eyes of our understanding, arriba, and increase the journey of life in the Spirit with you because we've been together today. So uh, thank you, Lord. As I open my mouth, Philip, I pray that you would create out of your grace hearing ears and understanding hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And as I, I start sharing with you about our journey of the uh, supernatural, I really want to ground this in, in Scripture, obviously, and not just experiences or in stories. Because I'm going to tell you a lot of stories today uh, about how God has intervened, super, obviously supernatural, supernaturally, in our lives. Um, but just a, a little background on, on the uh, book of Corinthians. Uh, the first Corinthians is a book that was written by the Paul, who was a, a, a loving father of that church, and yet wanted to bring some correction and some understanding to their practices that the church was, was doing. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, he says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, that word gifts is actually not in the original. And in some of your Bibles, it actually might be in italics like it is in mine. And, and so what Paul is saying here is regarding spiritual things, regarding things of the Spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want, to, I want you to learn. And we need to learn together, uh, not just about these nine gifts that are listed here, but in generally, but what is life in the Spirit? Arriba. And uh, he doesn't want us to be ignorant or unaware of, of this life. Now, the reason he, he says this, and this is very 
it's a very good admonition or exhortation to the Western church because for a lot of us in the Western church, we are ignorant of the spirituals. We are ignorant of how these things work. And uh, my, my journey was that I was, I, I was raised in a wonderful, conservative, Christian, evangelical tradition where we were taught to love the Bible, memorize the Bible, meditate upon the Bible, but certain parts of the Bible weren't for today. Like that part of the Bible that was, we, and some of our teachers actually got quite extreme. Some of them, some of the parts of the Old Testament, that was only for Israel. And then when you look at Jesus' words, some of the Jesus' words were only, actually only for those people living in Jesus' time. And then the book of Acts was only for those who lived uh, until the last apostle died and the canon was created. And then Revelation is only for those who live in the future. And so what we have left is like these uh, few pages from, from Romans like into, into 3 John and Jude. And I was actually, uh, the, the tradition I was taught and kind of leaned towards that understanding. And so that didn't leave us with a whole, with a whole lot. And uh, we were also told, be aware of anybody who talks too much about the Holy Spirit. Don't get near those guys. They're, they could be a little bit kooky. You might even get yourself a demon because there's all kinds of weird stuff that could go on. So just avoid them. And so at one time, I'm Canadian, but I lived in Pennsylvania. When I was living in Pennsylvania, uh, I lived on a street where there was a little Pentecostal church just one block from my home. And I remember my pastor's teaching, you know, don't go near those guys. And so sometimes in the summer, they'd be out front playing their guitar and banging their tambourines. And I would walk down the street, and there they were. I would walk across the street, and I'd walk on the sidewalk on the other side because I was going to be a good Baptist boy. I wasn't going near those guys. And uh, so I was raised very ignorant about the spirituals and about how these these, these gifts and how life in the Spirit worked. And uh, so I was ignorant. So let's keep on going on into verse 2. You know that you were Gentiles. A Gentile is just some, somebody who doesn't know the Lord, really. is somebody who was non-Jew. Uh, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And now he starts talking about gifts. The, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works. Everybody say works. And that, that word work is one of the words energy. God desires to release energy to us by the Holy Spirit, Ariba. And that energy is a dynamic energy that uh, equips us, first of all, to know him and his ways, and then to expand the kingdom. Then in verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit 
is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works. Everybody say works. There it is again. The Spirit, when um, among the body of Christ, he works or he is dynamic or he wants to release this, this energy in us. One and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So this is a scripture speaking about the charismas of God. And uh, we probably in this church lean, and in our movement, sometimes we are called charismatic. And when we call it, we are charismatic, we want to be, all that, all that means is that we want to be rooted in the charismas. We want all the charismas and the activity, the working of the charisma, arriba, not just as a doctrine, not just as a philosophy, but actually working, everybody say works, working in our lives, arriba. Now, here's my experience in watching the charismatic church. Much of the charismatic church has a doctrine about the charismas, but there's very minimal practice about the charismas. And, and so I think there's not that many full charismatic churches. They're mainly ka churches or ka churches. There are some even car churches. There might be kara churches. The Lord has been speaking to me about this. But there's not many charismatic churches. You understand what I mean by that? I'm saying where all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are working. Everybody say working. And I'm going to admit in my life and in Gwen's life and even in Partners in Harvest, we are in that same situation. We don't see in many churches or in many ministries, these full nine gifts completely operating in their fullness. However, I have a goal to see that. I'm on a pursuit to see that. And if they're there in a minimal way, then I want to see them exercised in their fullness. Arriba. Are you with me? Because if I'm going to have integrity, and you're going to have integrity to the scriptures, we need to not just read it, we need to experience it. Wow. Experience. God wants us to experience him. Sha-ra-ba. And so, let me... It's okay, folks. 
So let me, ah, uh, ha, 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 ha. Share. Arriba. Okay, I'm just going to give you like a disclaimer as we start off here this morning. <laughs> so I'm just a normal guy, really. I'm just a normal guy. I love the Bible. I'm a regular human. When these manifestations occur, it, uh, it is not really for my sake. It is that the Holy Spirit releases his glory in you and upon you. So if you hear Nariba and you don't understand what it means, you can ask Pastor Mark afterwards, after the service. Or other things, it'll all be explained. In heaven, if not on earth. No, yeah, don't put the Uribas in your notes. Ha! So, I explained to you a little bit about my background, how I was raised. And so... In Palmyra, Pennsylvania, at, at that place one time when I was uh, living by myself, I was about 21 years old, and I worked for an organization where I actually had signed a statement of faith promising not to speak in tongues. And I had agreed that annually I would sign that statement of faith. So, one evening, about 7 o'clock in the evening, it was February of 1981. It was cold outside. All my windows were locked. It was dark already by 7 p.m. And I was living as a bachelor at the time. And uh, you know what bachelors do on a Sunday night? You make a big pot of spaghetti, and you make a big pot of tomato sauce. And for the whole week, that becomes your supper. All right? And so I had just finished my spaghetti dinner, and I was about to lay down on my couch for a, a, a little nap. And as I sat down on my couch, all of a sudden I looked over to my curtains, and I realized my curtains were moving back and forth. And I thought to myself, that's interesting. The windows are closed. If you're a Baptist, your curtains are not supposed to be moving back and forth on their own. <laughs> and then, all of a sudden, this, this wind came into my room. This strong, mighty, rushing wind came into the room. And the curtain started moving even more. And then from there, this white spotlight appeared. Now my heart is going... Friends, if you're a good conservative Baptist, your curtains are not supposed to move. There's not supposed to be wind blowing in your room, and there's not supposed to be moving spotlights on their own. Okay? That is not part of your experience. That is, that is not part of, of natural living. And that light then started moving towards me. And then in that light, a silhouetted outline of an open Bible appeared. 
And then out of that Bible came a loud, audible, very loud voice saying, Preach the word. Now, by this time, like, medically, I was probably, you know, on the verge of a heart explosion or whatever. If you have signed a statement of faith saying you basically do not believe in, in the doctrines of um, 1 Corinthians 12, that all those things have passed away, those things are not supposed to be happening to you. But, here, but guess what? God is supernatural. He intervenes sometimes even if you don't have faith for it. He intervenes at times sovereignly where he just chooses to intervene and the kingdom of heaven mixes up with our ordinary lives and all of a sudden we're aware that heaven has touched earth. Now I need to say that for my life I... I didn't understand fully what had happened in that experience for about two years. And I'll tell you why. Because my head, my brain, had been so full of unbelief and tradition that even though I knew that that had happened in my heart, and that was a, that was a real experience that could not be denied, that my brain could not get around, did that actually happen? And I almost talked myself out of it. But the Spirit of God was, was poured into my heart, poured into my spirit. And the faith and the life that was in the spirit, my, my inner man, started to become stronger than what my head was telling me. See, for a while there was a battle. And that always happens, friends, in the supernatural and natural. Is, really, Lord, is, it, is, that, is, it, is that you or is that me? Or is there a natural explanation to this phenomena? And my mind says this, but the supernatural enters into your spirit and the voice of the Lord increases into your spirit. And the goal is that your inner man become the strongest part of you and it dominates your soulish life, your mental life, your rational life. Because super, the supernatural aspect of what God does is in your inner man. Arriba. And so that was my initial connection with the supernatural. I, I, Gwen and I, a couple of years later, got married. We met, we got married, we graduated from Bible school, and we got placed into, guess where? a conservative Baptist church as pastors. So now we're on fire, four years of Bible school, ready to turn the world upside down, and uh, got into this church. And after about six months in that church, we realized, uh, I, I really don't know if I want to stay here and do this because it was so boring. And the people didn't like me, I didn't like them. There was no love in between us. 
And uh, I, people would come in at one minute to 11. And at five minutes after 12, the place was empty except for Gwen and I. And a Puerto Rican girl who spoke in tons that we kind of questioned, you know, I don't know about her. But she would come up to me afterwards, after the meeting, and she would say, Pastor Dan, that was a great message. Don't worry. The Lord's going to move here. Don't worry. The Lord's going to move here. Don't worry. And, 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 and she was like this bright light in the middle of this very dead church, which we were seriously considering leaving and just going to get in a career and driving a truck. So we had a choice. We were either going to leave and drive a truck or we were going to start seeking the Lord for more. And as things developed, I started teaching through the book of James. And some of you have heard this. We went over to a woman's house whose daughter was uh, physically ill in her stomach. And we laid hands on her with absolutely no faith. And by the next Sunday, she was healed. She was completely healed. And that started a little revival in our church about going for the supernatural. And I thought, Lord, there is healing. You are healing today. A couple of months later, we were up in a, for a vacation up in um, Gwen's parents' place up in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. And at 11.30 at night, I was reading a book by a guy by the name of Michael Harper. And his, uh, he was an Anglican pastor from England. And he had this book called Walk in the Spirit. And in that book, he gave this phrase. God will not do anything through you unless you give him permission. Now, I don't even know if I agree with that statement anymore. But I put that, I, I put that book down. And I said, Lord, that sounds like a good statement. I give you permission to do anything you want through me. And this was 1130 at night. Everybody had gone to bed. And uh, the windows were kind of like this in the living room. And all of a sudden, I felt this cloud of glory come through those windows and I couldn't see it but the atmosphere in the room became heavier and heavier and heavier until that cloud came over me and my hand shut up and I spoke in tons for three hours Arriba. no again I was still pastoring at a Baptist church and I'd signed another similar statement. You know, you're not supposed to be doing this. So I went to bed that night about 2.30 in the morning. And Gwen was laying next to me and my hands were up. And I was thinking three questions. What is Gwen going to think when she hears about this? Number two, what is my father going to think when he hears about this? Because my father was a leader in that denomination. And then number three, what are my elders going to think? when he hears about this. And, and so I came home to the church and I tried to share this experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, 
part of it wasn't well received. Um, and the bottom line is, is that we had to leave that, denom- that denomination. We were asked to leave, and uh, we were given six weeks' pay and a pizza. Thank God for that. God bless them. We got the pizza out of it. And we were kicked out of the church because of the supernatural. Sharaba. But ever since then, we've been on this wonderful journey of heaven connecting on a regular basis, open heavens connecting with our, our lives here. So let me just fast forward. Came to, to a point where Gwen and I were called to go to Ukraine. And uh, the Lord, I was praying one day and I was bowing my knees and I was down on my my face before the Lord next to, next to my bed. And the voice of the Lord comes and says, other sheep that I have that are not of this pasture. And he was started indicating that, you know, he wanted us to go to different pastures. And so there is a call by the voice of the Lord to go to Ukraine, where we eventually spent 12 years as missionaries. But the, the problem is we had the call, but we had no money. How many, how many know that money is a good thing to have if you're gonna if you're gonna have if you're gonna move overseas with five children? Okay, that's a good idea. So I said, Lord, thank you for the call. Now I just want to let you know that I, I I need some money along with the call. That would be very good to have him. And so, uh, Andrew, can you please bring two chairs over here, please? I want to show you what happened. Because we're talking about supernatural. Because supernatural provision is... Put one there, please. Thank you. And one here. Supernatural provision is like a a, a miracle that we need on a regular basis. Everybody say amen. Amen. So... Lord, thank you for the call. Other sheep I have that are not of this pasture. You're calling us to Ukraine. Sharaba. Now, wait a minute. How are we supposed to know to go to Ukraine? Because he just said pasture. He didn't necessarily say where, where to go. See, when Gwen and I were in Bible school, we studied a lot of statistics about where the needs of the world are. And we came to the conclusion in studying about Western Europe that France was a great place to go to be a missionary. Those heathen French, they need the gospel. So we decided to go to France as missionaries. The statistics, the research, hey, we're Canadian, we could learn French. That's a good, that's a good place to go. Except I had a Ukrainian grandfather who prayed for Ukraine for decades. And when we were considering all this, my Ukrainian grandfather died. And uh, I went out to Western Canada to his funeral, and I was crying for three days during his funeral. And I couldn't understand it because I really didn't really know my grandfather that well. He'd already lived in with Western Canada, 
I had always lived in the East. So there wasn't really like this, you know, I was sorry that he had passed away, but I really, to be very frank with you, didn't really know him. I met him maybe three times in my life. Because we were just in the East, he was in the West. But I was crying, I was weeping. I was feeling something. And I came home after the funeral to Niagara Falls, Ontario, to where we lived at the time. And about two days after I got home, I had a dream. See, friends, dreams birth supernatural in you. Arriba. Let's just stop right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I am telling you that revelation comes often by God dispensing dreams and visions. And in this dream, my grandfather was in a large room like this. Now, my grandfather had 13 children, many, many grandchildren, many, many great-grandchildren. So there's about 200 people in this room. And my grandfather stands up, and he comes over to me out of the 200 descendants that he has. And he lays his hands on me in a dream. And he starts praying fervently with his eyes looking to heaven and his, and his head up. And I don't know if he was praying in English, in Russian, or in tons. But he prayed and prayed and prayed. And then he lifted his hands off of me. He disappeared and I woke up. And you know how it is when someone has their hand on you and you just kind of feel that uh, the indentation, you can still feel that someone has been touching you? That's the way I felt. Now for some of you, that might make you really nervous. Because my grandfather had already gone to heaven. And I woke Gwen up, and I said, Gwen, my grandfather just came and prayed for us. And as we talked about it, we realized, I think the Lord wants us to go to Ukraine. In our heads, we thought we're going to be, in our heads, we were led to France by the Holy Spirit we are being called to go to Ukraine. And friends, see, when heaven comes down and speaks to you, and you know that heaven, supernatural aspects of heaven, have touched you and spoken to you, when you go through difficult times, you're, you're, you're not going to be uh, moved. I mean, we went to Ukraine... And the mafia was there. The police would stop us six times a day in our car. They would take our passports. There was no law. Again, if something happened to you, you don't worry. Don't even try to call the police. First of all, there was no phones, you know, and so you couldn't, you couldn't, you, you couldn't call them. This is back in the 90s. We had five small children. It was like the wild, wild east. And in your natural, you wondered, what, what's going on here? 
But because you have that call, you know that the Lord and heaven is watching you in that call. Arriba. So we had the dream to go, but we had no money. So that's what the purpose of these chairs. So, another dream. So you want to live a supernatural life? You get to live life in the Spirit. And dreams and visions are one of the main ways that God gives direction. And destiny is unfolded in your life and in my life by dreams and visions. Destiny is unfolded. So I, one, another dream happened. And I was sitting in a chair. And there was this table that was in front of me here. And here on the other side, why don't, Mark, why don't you come and be me? You come and be me. On the other side of the table, an angel sat down. Now, to my surprise, it was actually a bald angel. Now, I didn't know that angels could be bald. I had no idea about that. But he was all dressed in white. He was glowing. He was shining. He had this great authority. But he was bald. And he was looking at me. And this was during the time that I had been praying, Lord, if you're going to send me to Ukraine with five kids, I'm going to need some money. So out of his pocket, angels have pockets, he pulled out this folded wad of Canadian dollar bills. And Canadian dollar bills are different colors. And the outs and the $20 bill is like a bright green. So he folded out this wad of bills and he threw it down on the table. I mean, he didn't just place it. It was like he whack, he whacked it down on the table. And then he sat back like this, folded his arms, and squared his jaw, and looked at me like, I dare you to believe. I dare you to believe. And so, let's change chairs. So now, he's the angel, now I'm me. So I'm me again. So now that, now that he's the bald angel. This, this illustration works very well. Sorry, nothing personal. So here, on the table is a folded water bills. The, out one, the outside one was $20. Friends, you can't go far with five kids with, on a $20. All right? So I, I leaned over and tried to see what was inside. How much is in there? But I could not see. It was just a folded. And all I could see was the 20 and, he, and that angel looked at me and basically said, I dare you to believe. Arriba. And I want to say, thank you, Mark. I want to say that I absolutely believe that that angel is with me still today. See, if you want to understand how the supernatural, ha, 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 Arriba works 
Lots of you, you have great faith for demons. Oh, don't, don't go over there. Demon will get you over there. Oh, this, this demon over here, that demon there. I wanted to let you know there's a whole lot more angels than demons. And they are working for you much stronger than any demon is working against you. Hebrews 1.14 We are not alone, friends. We are not alone. There is a supernatural world around us. There is a heavenly reality among, around us. How much time do we have, Mark? 11.30. Arriba. We really do need the supernatural here in this church. Okay, so how many will give me an extra five minutes or ten minutes? Okay, okay, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. Arriba. Okay, quickly. You, you, you guys who were there on my teaching the other day, why don't you come on up? Gwen, could you come up, please? Mark, come up. Brother, you come up. You, you come up. We need. We need what? And, and Andrew, come up. Let me. Let me tell you how this. This. This works. Okay, Andrew, you be here. Gwen, you be here. Mark, you could be over here, with your spirit. You be here, dear. You're good. You're the good body, and you're the earth. Okay. So here's 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 how the supernatural works. All right. This is you. Spirit, soul, and body. This is the world you live in. This is the heavenly realm, and that is the earthly realm. And there are both realities that we live in. But what you must understand, even though you don't experience it, even though you have very, very little faith for it, I want you to just take this, this little bit of information, this knowledge, this nugget I'm going to give to you and meditate upon it, and here it is. Is that that heavenly reality is actually stronger than the earthly reality? And you think, no way! Look around me. My God, I have a flat tire, and I have, you know, I have a mortgage to pay, and I need a job, and I need an education, and all those physical realities are absolutely uh, true, and uh, they are, are 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 real. We experience them, and we have to walk through this earthly reality in our body but this is you you are spirit soul and body god has given you your spirit in order to receive from heavenly reality god's love his revelation his guidance his supernatural abilities all of those things primarily come into your spirit your spirit, soul, and body. And your soul is your personality given to you to relate to each other. Your spirit is given to you to relate to God. Your body is given to you to relate to the earth. And the earth, by the way, we won't, can't, can't get into it all, is good, friends. God loves the earth. That's why he created it. He called it good. So don't think the earth is evil. Physical reality will, will endure forever. 
You will be a physical person forever in a glorified body. Okay. But what you've got to understand is that most of these things we're talking about, revelation and gifts, all those things are deposited and come through primarily a healthy human spirit. A healthy human spirit. You are spirit, you are soul, and you are body. And the angelic realm, and I just feel to, to just take a couple of minutes on this to talk about the angelic realm. The angelic realm is discerned in the spirit, primarily. But also, it can be discerned in the body and in the emotions. When you feel there's a presence around you, and where is that? How many know that you can go into a dark place and you can feel there's like a demonic or darkness there? How many, how many know that? Okay. You say, man, there's something, something bad is going on in here. Or historically, something bad is happening here. Or you go into an atmosphere of people and oh, there's just there's just something not not right here. And we can feel that, can't we? That's called discernment. There are more angels than demons. There are more angels than demons. Arriba. Working on our behalf, listen, when we follow the things of the Spirit, when we give priority to the things of the Spirit, when we learn who this invisible person is, the Holy Spirit who is with us, who is our friend, our helper, our comforter, our guide, our teacher. He is God no less than Jesus is God. He is God no less than the Father is God. He is God the Holy Spirit, and he is among us, but we must learn to communicate with him. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion... That is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.